0: Listeners, and welcome to another episode of Extra Extra, it's all about whiskey. I remain your host, Jason Johnston Yellen, a.k.a. Jason Three Names, formerly known as Dramgalf. <laughs> I'm joined on this wonderful, wonderful little podcast hmm. with Joshua Morrissey Hatton, <laughs> a.k.a. the Whiskey Whippet, formerly the Whiskey Cherub, but yep. boy has he had a very productive lockdown. And uh, pandemic,
1: central. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just nervous that, that people are actually going to think that my middle name is Morrissey. It is not, my middle name is not they Morrissey. They would
0: be correct. <laughs>
1: <laughs> because it's uh, uh, Joshua, the Pope of Mope, Morrissey Hatton. <laughs> <laughs> is that hyphenated? Uh, the dash uh, Pope dash. Of Dash Mope. Yep, yep, that checks out.
0: So each time we get together on Extra Extra, one of us brings a oftentimes whiskey-related news story to the attention of the other. We read over it in the first half of the episode, we riff on it over the second half of the episode, and we always try to get out of here in a tight 30 to 35 minutes. Boy, have we been
1: very successful recently. (sighs) See, you said that, and now we may not, so... Setting the table, Joshua. Yeah. Pro-move. Yeah. Pro-move. Yeah.
0: So it's your turn to bring something to our attention, and you're being lazy, no surprise there, by mm-hmm. using mm-hmm. something that was sent to us.
1: Well, I definitely take umbrage to the use of word <laughs> lazy uh, when it's applied to me, because I don't feel like a lazy person, but maybe I am. I- And yet, and yet. (laughs) And yet. So we got this email from Ian Bruce, who has, well, he's written in before, and we actually mentioned him on the last episode of One Nation Under Whiskey because we let people know that that we would likely be using this uh, email slash article for today's episode. So the email from Ian Bruce, which came in on August 8th, sorry, <laughs> uh, August 4th or the 4th of August, depending on which country you live in. Uh, the, the, but definitely
0: not the 8th, regardless it's definitely not of your the 8th. country. Well, you
1: know what I did is I, I looked at it and I tried to bro down uh, with the, the rest of the world style of dating things, and I saw 8 led the charge there. And so I wanted mm-hmm. to go with the 8th, but it's actually August 4th. So the eighth month, the fourth day. Anyway, the headline, or not the headline, but the subject line reads, Musical maturation, the future of enhancing a profile? Question mark. And so Ian says, good day, Joshua and Jason. Sorry, I actually said good day, Jason and Joshua. I just naturally flipped it. Kind of like the date. And he goes on, he said, I was wondering if you guys have read the article below, and if so, what would your views on sonic aging of casks what type of music played really influenced the tastings, <laughs> having some blues and tice out some mellow profiling, and what would flavorings do you think would come to the fore with playing prog rock? Oh, I love that he went with prog rock. And so he gives us the uh, article, which comes from The Independent, by the way. Okay. And and the the... Headline says, this piper is serenading casks of whiskey to, quote, enhance its flavor. And then the subheader says, uh, the concept dates back to the 18th century when whiskey was transported by sea. The author is Saman Javed. Hopefully I pronounced Saman's first name and surname correctly. Slim chance of that. It's a very slim chance. But I will tell you, here's an interesting thing. The headline... Whiskey spelled without the E, and the second word in the first sentence has whiskey spelled with the E. So,
0: we've discussed this previously, right? Oftentimes the headlines are not written by the author of the piece. Yeah. So, Salmon has submitted his article, and then some editor somewhere has applied a headline to it with yeah. a question mark. Headlines with question marks. No, thank you. Yeah. Anyway, moving on.
1: Yeah. So, uh, the article starts. It says a whiskey brand has enlisted the help of a Scottish piper and whistle player to enhance the flavor of its drink. Ali Levack, L-E-V-A-C-K, Levack, Levack, a musician, Levack, f- there you go, a musician from Dingwall, a small town in the north of Scotland, has been playing. We know it well. Do we? Have we been to Dingwall? Yeah. Yeah, many times. Okay, there you go. Uh, so Allie um, has been playing the tin whistle to casks of Wee Smokey's new limited edition whiskey. Last year, Levick's band, Project Smoke, auctioned off the naming rights of its new single on a bid to generate income following the cancellation of live gig- sorry of live gigs during the pandemic. At the time, We Smokey won the bid... And the single was named after the distillery. Now, We Smoky has announced it is releasing a bottle of single grain scotch whiskey, which has been, quote, enhanced, end quote, by L- Levick in a process known as, quote, sonic aging. The concept is. Of...
0: Yeah. Did they just call that single grain scotch whiskey? Uh, single grain scotch whiskey, yeah
1: please don't tell me you have a problem with that. That is that is a legal statement. That's what we use on our labels when we bottle Ember Gordon or Port Dundas. It always says single-grain scotch whiskey. Well, that's that's the part that surprises me.
0: As you start reading this article, I just assume we're talking about a single malt distillery. And now
1: it's described as single-grain. Right, and it says, We smoky. I only know of one distillery that produces a peated single grain maybe we can get into that a little later the concept of sonic aging comes from a technique of aging whiskey at sea and by the way whiskey here on out is being spelled without the e so I I don't know what's (laughs) happening here Uh, So, Aging at Sea, where vibrations from the movement of water to oak casks increase contact between the liquid and the wood, speeding up the aging process. In recent years, the concept has been adapted by distilleries, mostly in the U.S., which emulate these vibrations through sound. John Heron, founder of U.S based distillery, Copper and Kings, previously spoke about the process in an interview with Billboard, explaining that musical notes pulsate through the barrel. This causes the alcohol molecule to move move away from the sound wave. Sorry, the reason why I keep on saying sorry is window after window after (laughs) window is popping up here. I, I it, yeah. it, it, if reading this article is very infuriating because every time I get to a new sentence I have a new ad jumping in the way. Anyway, I, I regret signing up for a free account with the independent. Anyway, mm. this causes the alcohol molecule to move away from the sound wave, hitting the wall up it. What? The <laughs> what just happened? Uh, Did your browser just crash? It, ju- it just the browser just like reloaded the the thing it reloaded all of the ads so they're all popping up again. <sighs> Here we go again. This causes fucking crap. This causes the alcohol molecule to move away from the sound wave, hitting the wall of the barrel, sliding upwards until it loses momentum and then falling. The process, which repeats as the music plays, is thought to accelerate the interaction between alcohol and the wood of the casks. In a bid to enhance We Smokey's Whiskey, Levick has been playing the tin whistle to casks of the liquor. And then this is a quote from Levick. Playing to whiskey casks was a new experience. I loved being part of the whole process, from playing our music to the whiskey while it aged to drinking it while listening to our recorded song, Levick said. We Smokey's founder, Rory Gammel, said it is the first time the brand has used the process for making its whiskey. Our best whiskey our best whiskey oh my god i can't read this article our best whiskey is best enjoyed with music so it was natural to so it was natural to experiment to see how music could enhance the flavor gamble said the scotch whiskey association told the independent that under uk regulations a traditional method of aging whiskey must be used alongside sonic aging quote in the UK and EU, whiskey requires maturation for at least three years as long as the product meets the legal requirements in the country of sale. People are free to play whatever music to the whiskey they wish, they wish a spokesperson for the association said. And that's it. Thank goodness. That's the article. <laughs> that- I'm, not even,
0: I'm not even experiencing this with you, but boy, oh boy, that was a
1: process. I was afraid, you know, because I I don't really read The Independent, though I do read The Atlantic. And I was in my head uh, nervous that The Independent would be as long as an Atlantic article, and then I'd be (laughs) dealing with all those pop-up ads just like boom, -boom, ba-boom, ba-boom, ba-boom. That was frustrating AF as a Frenchman.
0: And just to bring you back, I think you mean as
1: wide as an Atlantic article. I do mean as wide. Thank you. Yeah. Well. Well. Well put. I, I appreciate the Atlantic article's girth. <laughs> it's ocean humor. <laughs> come, come for the whiskey news. Stay for the ocean humor. I tell you, it, it only took you about eighteen knots to get to that punchline, which was which is great. Did
0: I do the ocean That's- humor right? Let's take a quick break and we'll come back for a wee riff. When I hear this topic, Mm -hmm. two things pop into my head simultaneously okay number one everybody needs a story everybody mm-hmm. needs an angle
1: yeah.
0: everybody needs a point of difference yeah and if if your point of difference is a boat or music or first in your county since prohibition whatever it is i understand everybody needs a hook mmm the other thing that pops into my head is
1: Ralph and Gable Arenzo. I'm so glad. I'm so oh, that, that is exactly where my head was at. And so I'm so glad you brought this up. Please, please, please continue.
0: Right. They were doing this at Tuttletown. And maybe, maybe it's still done at Tuttletown. I don't know. I, I simply don't know. Maybe you do. But the fact that those two chaps who i i like a whole ton and and obviously we just recently lost gable and that news was absolutely horrifying mm-hmm. but two great chaps who i felt were pretty authentic in their whiskey making yeah. thought that these baselines did something useful yeah and and while on the face of it I kind of give it a bit of side-eye. I also trust the
1: Arenzos. I do as well. Uh, I I definitely trusted their belief that it did something. And what's not to say it, it doesn't work, right? Especially if you are, you know, playing just the loudest gangster rap, which is basically what they did, just like big, bass, heavy rap, like I have a feeling that that could potentially do something. However, what wasn't in place, as far as I'm aware, and and we don't know what measures are put into place with this distillery that, that's doing this project with uh, Ali Levick, is we don't know if there's a control sample of two sister casks, one where music is being played to the cask and one where there isn't. But even then, that is not necessarily the best way to figure out if music is doing something. And, you know, if you're going to bring history from 10 plus years ago about the Lorenzos and in, in Tuttletown doing, you know, playing the music within their warehouse... I'll bring back a little history from the first Ben Riach we ever bottled, which was cask 2510, and we'd gotten two samples, cask 2510 and cask 2512. I, th- I think those numbers are correct. I could have them wrong. But my point is both were 17 years old. Both were repeated Ben Riach. Both were put into second-fill bourbon barrels from the same you know, cooperage I don't know if it was the same distillery, but definitely from the same cooperage. And those two whiskeys that had sat side by side for the past 17 years could not have been more different from one another. And as far as I'm aware, there were no musicians coming in to, you know, have a private concert with one of the casks and not the other. So 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 there's that. However, I do feel that there have been... Examples where the filling of sister casks and having them mature in different environments have worked out, and that's um, our friends at Milk and Honey, right, where they put one cask in Tel Aviv and one cask in the Dead Sea, and you can clearly see the differences because of the temperatures, because of the barometric pressures, and so on. And you can see that happen within bourbon warehouses, right? Put one cask on the bottom floor. Put one cask on the fifth or sixth floor, and different things are going to happen. I just don't know if you can say, "Hey, we played the music to this whiskey, and now it's it, it's made for a different whiskey." I I just don't know how true it could be.
0: Yeah, the takeaway for me is often these are dealt with anecdotally. Yeah, and and I and I and I, I quite like the way you parsed it a moment ago where the Orenzos believed it made a difference to the whiskey that came out the door, Mm -hmm. right? That seemed like the important part Mm -hmm. of their process. They weren't necessarily arguing that all casks should have music played Mm -hmm. to them consistently to say, create a better product. They just said, for us in our setup, here's what we are doing and we think this is making a difference given the number of r d departments that exist with a range of brands and corporations you know in charge of multiple distilleries they're exploring everything and and we've we've talked about it in the past and Mm -hmm. it comes up a fair bit you know, you know, brands are looking into how can we reduce the angel share, but not, you know, have a uh, a negative impact on the whiskey that we're trying to mature here, mm. right? If a if a if a brand a distillery could do away with loss overnight, mm-hmm. but still put out the same whiskey the next day, they would go ahead and do it, and I think in the same vein if they could put out a whiskey that matures faster because heavy bass beats were played 24 hours a day, seven days a week, mm-hmm. they would do it. And the fact that you only hear about these kind of one-off little marketing stories that, <laughs> that raise their head above the parapet occasionally, I, I don't think scientifically there's really anything there. And I would say when Metallica enter into the whiskey fray yeah. and we get bottles of Metallica whiskey sold that has been exposed to the music of Metallica, yeah, that's really just a marketing move. <laughs>
1: yeah, and, and my understanding is they, they're just playing the, the music of the Black Album because it's blackened. I, I could be wrong there. But boy, you think they would choose a better album, right? Anyway, so th- th- there's that one thing, but let's think let's think about whiskey production in a still, right? You you you, you mash your you mash your grains, right? You you get your wort from the mash tun, you put it into the washback, you pitch your yeast, you now have a wash, you distill it. Now the shape of that still whether it has a reflux ball or, or something like that or a line arm that, that, that you know, goes really down on an angle or maybe, maybe it's straight or maybe it goes up on an angle or maybe they have shell and tube condensers or they have worm tubs, all of that affects the spirit as it's going through the process, right? Every, mm-hmm. every bit of it. Mm-hmm. And at the end of it, you have this volatile chain of alcohols that, that that gets put into cask to mature for the next three to eighty-five years, right? You uh, know, <laughs> little little nod to Gordon MacPhail with their with their you know soon to be eighty-five year old whiskey here, and and so I guess my point is, if you think of the cask as just yet another piece of equipment in the whiskey production process you would think that vibrations will affect that okay and so let's let's work on that assumption that musical notes or music of some form whether it's the sound or the vibration or the tonal quality or whatever affects the whiskey in some way and let's get to uh ian bruce's question like, what do you think jazz would do to a whiskey? You know, with because I know I know you're a lover of jazz. What do you think that does to a whiskey? What could it do? I,
0: I'll get to that in a second. <laughs> for, for me, I'm still thinking about somebody playing a tin whistle to a cast. Yeah, right. Like, What's that I, gonna do? Like, if if you're looking at big, heavy bass being played. Like yeah, like like vibrations, right? Yeah. But a tin whistle just seems kind of light and passing over the top. I love the idea of the pipes being played, you know, just as a as a good Scotsman, I just <laughs> love the thought of the pipes screaming in a warehouse yeah. and how long you could potentially stand that for. But yeah, j- jazz, I, I, I think I think Mingus would do better than Eric Dolphy. You know, but both <laughs> collaborated in their day. But I, I, I think you know, I, I think that stand-up base of Mingus just just mm. hammering those bass lines yeah. I think could really I, you know given that we're going on this assumption that may very well have no scientific bearing at all. But I, I, I think if you could have, have Mingus hammering the bass... Even that avant-garde style. God, he was so heavy. Mm. Eric Dolphy with the flute. Yeah, I just, I think it's going to be much more of that tin whistle approach. I think
1: it's just going to, I think it's going to bounce off. Yeah, but would, you know, would, would, would heavy bass notes have a specific purpose and the light notes have something else, right? Do you, do you get minty menthol notes from a tin flu and, and, and you know, I, I don't know I, I, I did, you know, I kind of feel as if Ian Bruce sent this in <laughs> having listened to some episodes it's like, oh Joshua's into prog rock, let me ask this question what, what will prog rock do because that'll make him answer my question <laughs>
0: um, So come on then, prog rock and whiskey maturation yeah,
1: I, you know, like, like, do would it would it up the complexity? Like, if you play yeses close to the edge, <laughs> you know, would it would all of a the sudden there be like this really? Would it make for a more complex whiskey because because you did that and and how long would you have to do that? Right, there's another question too, like, just having this this person, um, Allie come by to to play the tin flute. If you you haven't Tin whistle. Tin whistle. Sorry, tin please. tin whistle. You have an aged product, right? H- how much time is Allie gonna be spending <laughs> playing the, the tin whistle to the casts? Like at least with at least at least our friends at Tuttletown, that's just, you know, that's what happens overnight. They would just play it overnight, every night. You're playing that. That, I think, could potentially have some sort of an effect. But if you're just like, hey, Ali, can you come in for 45 minutes and, and practice your next album? Uh,
0: and that's why, if you'll forgive me with the expression, that's why I think this the sea maturation holds water. Like, I, I, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> like, I, I can really grasp whiskey or rum going into wood being loaded on a on a ship mm. and then spending months at at rising and falling climates mm. right really having a lot of motion and vibration but also heat but then also cold and so like you know current practices aside mm-hmm. and how much of that is real and how much of that is marketing I can really get my head around sea transport playing some valid role in maturation. Music for me, like, it's to your point, right? Like, you would have to play it, play the music nonstop for months and really be bombarding it to, to vibrate that yeah. oak to vibrate that liquid and how much vibration are you really getting there? I, I just think the music aspect of it just really unfurls in a way that the the water transport I, I think really holds up to to investigation.
1: Yeah, it, it, it almost feels like some someone arguing music does something for the aging of, of an aged product, whether it's whiskey or rum or maybe anything else, is a conspiracy theorist trying to explain why their conspiracy makes sense. When if you just sort of step back a little bit, you, you, you see this flaw and you see that flaw and then you see this gaping hole and yeah.
0: Well, it's, it's, it's a non-falsifiable claim. For the very reason that you set (laughs) up earlier which is there's no control and even if you set up a control you couldn't demonstrate that the difference was because of the music and i think if you've got casks sitting in a warehouse that are by their very nature maturing Mm. and you say music makes a difference to this maturation how like (laughs) like it's sitting there maturing anyway when you come back after playing the album, you know, yeah. 60,000 times, the whiskey will still have matured.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you know, one last thing that I'll say, that, you know, this this idea of ocean maturation goes yeah. goes back really far. It goes back actually yeah. to the transportation of Madeira around the world. Yeah. yeah, makes sense. Right? Part of the reason Madeira was so popular around the world is You'd have it produced on the Madeira Islands, and then you go south. You cross the equator. That tropical ocean aging affected the wine in such a way that it made it a more desirable wine than other wines. Uh, And if you tasted the Madeira on the Madeira Islands, it would taste totally different because the wine didn't have that ocean travel. It didn't go across the equator. It didn't have those intense heat and cold and anyway... It would be interesting
0: to to take some whiskey and put it in a tote like a like a food grade plastic drum mm. and play it music. And, and and I I I hear the flaws within this as I'm speaking. <laughs> but cuz I I understand like it's the vibration it's the passing through the yolk. But what I'm trying to get at is could you take liquid in a tote that you play music to and show that there's any
1: kind of change. Any, any kind of change. Okay, so are you saying, so let's say we have a cask of whiskey and there are 200 liters in there and you take 100 liters and you put it into one tote and you put another 100 liters and put it into another tote. Play music to one of those totes for a month and then taste the two side by side and see if it's done anything?
0: Just as the beginning of something. Yeah, just as the beginning, because I understand the the idea is it's the music that's increasing the vibration, that's increasing the interaction with the oak, mm. and that's what's accelerating maturation there. Like, so I understand the wood is an essential component to the maturation, but is there is there a way to show that just that just music by itself is making some change here? without further complicating, with the oak. Yeah. Before we get out of here, do you think, just like I've kind of freely admitted today that I think there's something to sea, ocean freight, transport Mm. of maturing stock. Do you think there's anything to this music?
1: Music and maturation. Do you think there's anything there? I feel as if there is a huge potential for there to be something there simply because, right, you can trace mouthfeel back to how grains are mashed. Meanwhile, you know, the product of that grain has gone through a rigorous process, right, including heat and water and like all of these things right? And so I I have to believe if a cask breathes in and out over the course of the year because of heat and cool, and if a cask will, the location of the cask can potentially affect flavor. I want to say physical vibration could potentially affect the whiskey. I just don't know what sort of Test there would be to prove that because again every cask is completely different, and I take us back to that that example of our Benriach or two Benriachs, which were you know the s- same age, same t- cast type, sitting next to one another and tasting totally different.
0: So you think there's there's potentially there's something there just by virtue of there being vibration just, and interaction with
1: it, oak that that there is. I just don't know how we could test that and and I also don't know if it even matters like also does it matter if the distillery produces great whiskey whether or not Allie plays the tin pipe, the tin flute whatever instrument this person is playing tin whistle uh-huh. the tin whistle um <laughs> Then then in the end it doesn't matter. In the end we have a great little marketing story and I hope the distillery gets a bit of notice from it. I hope Allie and and the band gets a bit of notice because that's fun. But I don't know if it's anything more than it being fun. That's all.
0: Maybe the maybe the
1: drums. Maybe using maturing casts as drums is the way forward. But then is it right? Is it is it Lars Ulrich playing the drums? Is it... Right? Is it... Um, John Bonham. Is it John Bonham playing the drums?
0: Uh, let's get out of here on that. If you, dear listener, would like to be like Ian Bruce and have your story covered in an episode of Extra Extra, please go ahead and email us at questions at com. and just like in the headline of today's piece... There is no E in whiskey. <laughs> and other than that, we'll be back for another round of Extra Extra in the not too distant future. You remain Joshua. I remain Jason. You all out there remain wonderful listeners. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Hello dear listeners and welcome to the latest episode of Extra Extra, it's all about whiskey. The cat has picked this exact moment to be let out the door
1: that I just closed. <laughs> oh cats, you gotta love them.
0: Fucking hate them.
1: No, you gotta Don't love you go. them. Nope. Yep. The opposite of They're that. the best. They're far superior to yeah. dogs. Fuck oh, off, She saw Looking that you weren't getting, getting your steps up. Ramblings
0: of so. a madman. Ramblings of a madman. <laughs> okay.